This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Gotta behave ourselves on the story. Well, y'all know what we're thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As your kids, tell them to go sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> TGIF. Hey guys, it's your girl Claudia Jordan, and it's Friday, and I'm back with a brand new episode of your favorite show, TGIF. Now we're here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and in the world of social media. So sit back, relax, and get ready for all this hot tea we are about to spill. Now joining me for the tea spilling ceremonies, please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds to the show. Hey, Al. Uh, what's going on, Claudia? What's going on? I'm in a hotel in Vegas, so let's get, this, let's, let's get this done so I can go back to them tables and get my, my Fox Soul salary I hope, back. I hope you got your um, ATM card in the, in the safe, please. Um, no, and I lost my license out here. But I'm going to tell you all about sports betting. I was telling you all off camera real quick. Well, let me introduce Q first. Uh, and please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host, Funky Daniva. Girl, you out there in Vegas. You ain't selling Tootsie Cat, is you? I am way too lazy to be a hoe. I done told you. I'm too lazy to be a hoe. Oh, uh, starting early. Sports bet, $600. You can win this much. Look, look, y'all. Now. You see what did it? that say? What did that say? Like 30,000? 30, if they all come through. Now, the funny thing about this is my homegirl got her homeboys ass in prison and they study the system all day long and they done suck cell phones into the prison. They got time. So they text her who to put the bets on and I get these bets every day and um, they be hitting sometimes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Y'all got to put something on Pookie Books on their commissary. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So when I hit the first, when I hit the one time, $500, like $5,500, I asked him for his mom. Well, I tell my friend, ask, her, ask him what his mom's Zell is so I could, like, you know, get her hair done or pay a bill or something like that. So I give back. You know what I mean? So, good, you know, good. we call them prison bets. And now, if y'all want the, the info, just hit me up on my, my Instagram. I'm going to have to sell them to y'all. Anyways, what y'all drinking tonight? What y'all sipping on? So if y'all went to my Instagram, I had I went to Publix today and I re-upped at Publix. So I'm drinking the infamous Tito's and Publix lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We drinking I'm doing tonight? A, I'm doing a white wine tonight. Um, what am I drinking? A Sauvignon Blanc, I think. Yeah. From okay. New Zealand. Okay. I haven't drank anything today, but I haven't slept from yesterday either. So does it still count what I drank last night? It yeah. do. It do. Cause that couple with the deliriousness, you, you had, you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in. Right in. <laughs> the, shenan- the hookers at the bar, like at four in the morning with the bad lashes, like the last call hookers, man, Ooh. shout out to you those know- ladies that were at the bar at the Bellagio last night. Y'all, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like if I was a hooker in a past life, I probably would have been one of the last call hookers. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's that's the guaranteed money. It don't pay as high, 
But that it really is the guarantee. Right, they don't be asking for refunds, right? Right. <laughs> there was two of them that like had the worst fake lashes that I've ever seen, and they had the nerve to be bougie. It was like four fifty three, and they was trying to holler my homeboys, and they was like not going for it. And it was just so sad. It was it was sad, but I, it was it was fascinating too, though. You know, mm-hmm. they yeah. was trying it. Okay, anyways, uh, let's get into these hot topics. All right, y'all. Uh, Cardi B is uh, now asking a federal judge to permanently stop Tasha K from continuing to post harmful and disgusting lies about her via her YouTube channel and social media accounts. Now, according to a, a report from Billboard uh, in the new filings yesterday, Cardi asked the judge to impose a permanent injunction. This court ruling will force Tasha K to pull the defamatory claims from the internet and ban her from ever reposting them. Do you think uh, this is going to work? And what do you think about this? Should Q, this is your world. Do you think that uh, she should pull them down? Or what do you think? To be honest with you, I think Tasha K should have pulled the videos down the moment she got the very first cease and desist, right? I'll never forget a good friend of mine, Janae, who was the editor-in-chief of Bossup. When I first started blogging a long time ago, we were having lunch, and she said something to the effect of, at Bossup, when we get a legal notice, we just take it down. No questions asked, no back and forth. We just take it down. Granted, Bossup is part of a bigger corporate entity because we don't have the time and or the money for litigation, right? And just looking back at all of this, it was for not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish Tasha would have just taken the stuff down from the get-go, but for whatever reason, pride and ego may have gotten in the way or you ain't nobody finna tell me what to do with my stuff, whatever the case may be. And I just, it just was not worth a $4 million lawsuit. Uh, and, and it's not worth this continued court drama. I have been as a blogger in the courts. I've been in the courts with Sheree, I've been Whitfield from Housewives of Atlanta. I've been in the courts with various other people. I've been a code, uh, uh, Chris Stokes has sued me. I have been in the courts. This stuff is not fun. It drains your soul. It drains your life. You have it looming over you and you just want it to go away. So um, I'm pretty sure Tasha is somewhere just wanting all of this to go away. But Cardi B is not wrong. She's taking a page out of the 48 laws of power. We basically say if you're going to engage in war with somebody, you make sure you destroy them. And that's that's what she's doing. Hold up. Chris Stokes sued you? Girl, yeah. Uh-oh. What happened? Wow. I care. I care more about this now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Al. I'm like, Al. You won't have to Google it. No, just just really quickly. Me and, a, and another friend of mine who were a blogger, we were uh, blogging about his. How can I say this? Um, alleged uh, molestation stuff that was going on out there about it, and he wanted it from the internet because he was trying to resurrect his career putting together boy bands and stuff and that stuff was damaging and I found myself in a similar situation um where you know they sent the cease and desist I refused to comply you know what I'm saying and it ended up making it to the court level fortunately for me it ended up getting dismissed um or whatever but that could have been me on multiple occasions wow okay all right thanks for sharing Al what do you Mm -hmm. think about this and with Tasha K do you think um, I mean, I, I believe that she really, you know, believes in the stuff that she's saying and through her sources. And that's why she's standing so strong in, in this case. You know what I mean? Like, 
that's what I, that's what I, my opinion. What do you think about this? Right. Uh, you know, uh, at first when it all happened, I thought Cardi B was just trying to make an example of Tasha K, right? I thought that after she had won the settlement or got the judgment, I thought it was going to be all over. But you know what? Cardi B ain't playing with Tasha K. And Cardi B's pockets are real deep. And I think what really gets under Cardi B's skin is that even in court, Tasha K says she's not going to stop doing what she does. She's not going to stop making false statements. She That's her business. And no one's going to tell her how to run her business. I think at this point, she just crossed the wrong woman. We know Cardi B don't need the money. Cardi B is paying for people's funerals. And we just found out on Monday she got a $1,400 tip for waiters at a restaurant the other day. So it's not about money for Cardi B. It's about teaching Tasha K a lesson. Now, I don't tell people what to eat, but I think if Tasha K wants to continue in this business, she might need to eat a little bit of humble pie. Wow. Um. I had a conversation with her last week. I don't want to share what we talked about, but she's, you know, she saw us talking about her, uh, actually talking about her on, on, um, on cocktails. And um, she says that we should wait and see. That's what she said. I'm just going to leave it at that and respect the conversation that was private, but I can say that part, you know? Well, let me tell you something, Claudia, when you got money, you can make the law work for you. Yeah. Right. So Cardi B can keep her in court. You know, for as many years as she wants to, and she can probably spend a half a million dollars a year on legal fees. She can write it off. Number one, number two, uh, she can she can wear her down. That's what people with money do in the court system. They wear you down. They hope that they make you spend all this money on filing and refiling and appealing and reappealing. And eventually, you looked up and you spent a quarter of a million dollars or a million dollars when you could have just made that payment. Right. So I just hope that Tasha K is much smarter in this situation, because, like I said, I, I watch her and I, I think she's really good. I just think this one, maybe just take the loss and keep it moving. You got so much more to do. And Q, this I know there's insurance for these types of things, correct? So to be honest with you, I don't know that to be true. OK, I, I heard that, that, that I heard some YouTubers true. have um, yeah. I heard some mm-hmm. YouTubers do have insurance for this kind of liability. So they are protected, you know. Well, the, the YouTube people out there who are friends of mine, can y'all please send me the email so I can get them? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a person who I work with directly at, over at Momentum Risk Strategies. She's a black female running a wonderful business out of New Jersey and New York City, and she does this type of work. I got you, Q. Well, can you please send her to me? And her ass need to be cheaper than Geico, okay? <laughs> I'm not, I'm I not trying to get a girls no more. Than $200 a month. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So moving on, the Real Housewives of Potomac's Robin Dixon and Giselle Bryan are under fire for saying that NBA player James Harden's beard may have fried chicken and watermelon in it and that it smells like weed. They also laughed and said, We're being racist. Are you surprised to hear those comments from Robin and Giselle? Al, what do you think? Hey, listen, Monique tried to tell us uh, about Robin and Giselle. And what what is Dr. Wendy? How do you say her last name? She tried to tell us, too. She accused them of being colorists. Now, we both know that they are clearly uh, multiracial, right? I don't know if they have a biracial. Let's just say biracial, multiracial, whatever. But the real question here is, are we offended because of the joke or are we offended by who made the joke? Because let's be honest now, sportscasters have been joking about their, uh, James Harden's beard for a very long time, and it hasn't been an uproar. I think in this case, 
I think it has to do with what they said and the reference that they made. To me, that makes it so disturbing. It makes it racist. It makes it disgusting. It makes it colorist. And because of that, I think those ladies owe that young man an apology. Q, what do you think? Do you think it's a light-skinned, dark-skinned thing? Or do you think it's a, we're Black, we can say that about him? Somewhere. Because I, I, I feel like sometimes, and I will say this, I saw... I, just because someone's light skin, the other person's dark skin doesn't automatically make it colorism. Right. And I think it's right. so easy to jump on this train and say they're being colorist. Do they have a long history of it? I don't know. So I don't think the joke came from a place of colorism. Mm-hmm. I think the lack of backlash perhaps has come from a place of colorism. And here is the thing, right? Here is why this joke is inexcusable, especially coming from Giselle. Giselle's father is one of the civil rights leaders who's in the pictures with Martin Luther King, you know, and and Reverend Jesse Jackson and all of this. So Giselle of all people knows all things race better than anybody on Bravo. As a little girl, she can recount stories of her daddy being on the three-way phone with Coretta and Martin Luther King, all right? So if this joke would have came out of the mouth of anyone non-Black, we would be up in arms having a doggone fit. But there comes the point in time where Black people, we have to hold ourselves to the same standards. If it is inappropriate for Don Imus to call them girls nappy-headed hoes, then it's inappropriate for us to do it as well. If this was Teresa Judice or Kyle or anybody else from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or, or New Jersey, we would be asking Bravo right now to boycott them, kick them off the show, punish them, so on and so forth. But yet, because they're Black, it somehow makes this okay. We all know how offensive the, the the watermelon and fried chicken trope is to Black people. And the fact that Giselle, who comes from a civil rights background, knows that is a little disheartening to me. And the lack of backlash lends itself to what Monique, Wendy, and Candace Dillard have all said about the lack of accountability that those ladies receive. And they attribute it to them being light-skinned. So do you I think could, that she should be, you think they should be fired? No, I, I, I'm not an advocate of folks being fired. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they should be fired for this, but I think I think the, um, the, the, the Bravo press people need to be putting out statements and, you know, we don't represent, they need, they need to do that whole song and dance mm-hmm. that they do for somebody of another color when things like this happen. I don't think this warrants them being fired. I think we, uh, Probably just stop with a lot of it. You know, um, I think things that were deemed okay, or, they never really were okay, but people just did them anyways years ago. We've all evolved and grown up to know, okay, these things are offensive, so let's not. And that goes for calling, making fun of dark skin or making fun of light skin and equating that with being uh, an effeminate man and I'm being soft and, and dark skin. You know what I mean? Like we, oh, both sides, we just need to stop and just, you know, especially in a public figure now, like they have all these eyeballs on them now. Everyone knows them. So you're going to get a different type of backlash than you would if you were just unknown like that. They could have said his beard make him look like a dirty, stinking, pissy, homeless man on Skid Row, which it does. And that would have been equally as funny and not have the racial undertones. Leave out the chicken and the watermelon. Right. 
All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And um, I wish I could go get me some chicken right now. But anyways, we'll be right back with more TGIF when we return. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all. We have got 2400 in the chat. Thank you for everyone that's tuning in and in the chat having a lively conversation. All right, y'all. Brace yourselves for this story. Police arrested 24-year-old Taylor D. Schwab business. I guess that's how you say her name. After the mother of her lover found his body parts scattered around her home. Now, Green Bay police said the mom called to report that she found the head of her 25-year-old son in a bucket. This is what the police found. A male organ in the bucket. His head and his upper torso were in a tote in uh, dried blood on a mattress. Police found Taylor, the man's girlfriend, covered in dried blood with his legs in a crock pot. She confessed to the killing and said they smoked meth before having sex with chains. She said she choked him, went crazy choking him harder until blood appeared from his mouth and he turned purple. Now, when arrested, she asked uh, the police if they knew what it was like to love something so much that you kill it. Taylor's being held on a $2 million bond. What in the world? Let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this story? You know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I think that there is something greater going on in the world. I've never been a conspiracy theorist, but I think they are putting something deviant in the water. It's the chemtrails. They putting something in the drugs because these like far-fetched, crazy behind crimes that we are seeing on a daily basis, penises being cut off and heads and buckets and people locking folks in basements and stuff. I mean, this is these are things out of businesses. Not to mention, I was calling the lady Taylor Shabizness. Okay, because it's <laughs> spelled S-C-H-A business. So I was calling her Taylor Shabizness all day. But could you imagine... How horrible that has to be as a mother. You go down the stairs and find your son head in a bucket. I don't even know if I would have had the strength to even be able to call the police. I probably would have just died right there next to the bucket. Shabizness could have cut my ass up and put me in there with him because that's how done I would have been. But overall, guys, I think we definitely got to stay prayed up. I think that there is something deeper that we have not gotten to the root of yet going on in this world. I agree with you. I, this was one of the most disturbing stories I've seen in a long time. Al, what do you think about this? You know, I grew up in the 80s. So the crack epidemic, the heroin epidemic, nothing compares to this crystal meth epidemic. Like nothing else compares. This crystal meth thing, I, I will never understand what it's doing and how it's affecting all of the communities. And we know it's also affecting the African-American community quite a bit. But the interesting part about this story was, first of all, she was on house arrest, so she shouldn't have been over there. She, she snuck out her ankle bracelet. Second of all, not only did she decapitate him and cut his head off and cut his body parts off and choke him to death, but after she did all that, she had sex with him. While he was dead, while he was beheaded, something in this crystal meth is just causing us to be or causing people to be very demonic. And it's and it's sad. And I'm like, cute. I can't imagine a mother walking down the steps to go check on their son, only to find at the bottom of the steps his head in a bucket. And the reason why I was there was because she said she was too tired to after cutting them up. I guess she was too tired to take the bucket with her. Now, that's crazy. I knew someone in L.A. that was a model that started off doing speed or crystal meth to manage her weight. She was a playmate and um, 
pretty girl. Um, the effects, and then someone also on set of the show was doing it. It makes you a sexual deviant. It makes you crave sugar. And there's like no levels. Like the things that they do for sexual fulfillment is just beyond the realm of what you would ever think of in your normal non-meth brain. Mm. And I don't know what, why would you ever sign up for a drug that you know that is the end result? Like people that do crack the first time or meth, would it, that's not a party drug. Like that, that is an escape this world drug and become a zombie drug. Bath mm. salts. What is going on to make people want to do these drugs in the first place, get away from their realities that are going and doing this? You know, no good will come of this. And this is sad. She pro- I read something which said she blacked out. Then she said the whole thing. Have you loved someone so much? Have you ever loved something so much you, you wanted to kill it? No, bitch. No. Never done. No, we don't. I wanted it to stay alive forever. <laughs> like, come on. All right. This is we're not going to spend too much time on this. This this is a dark story. Let's move on to this next one. D.L. Hughley shared his opinion on Ye's recent behavior in attempts to win back his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian. Now, Hughley shared that he believes uh, if he is really Ye's friend, then sometimes that means telling him something he may not want to hear. Hughley stated uh, he's shake. He's stalking her. It's not cute. And if it was my daughter, I'd do something about it. Al, what do you think about D.L.'s uh, statement? You know, I find it very brave for him to say it. And I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I totally agree. It, it just was very confusing to me that he has all these people around him. And these are people that have kids themselves um, who have sisters themselves that have mothers themselves. And no one's saying, yo, bro, this is looking a little suspect. And I think Kim is trying her best to stay as politically correct as she can about this. But recently, like you said, Q, two weeks ago, she said, look, I'm starting to feel like my life is, is jeopardized. I mean, so I know she doesn't want that theme out into the main media, but it's a good thing that D.L. Hughley has brought it to light and causing all of us to talk about it. Kim? Kanye West better be careful because Kim Kardashian is white adjacent. And the moment she uses the buzzword uncomfortable, it's a wrap. I feel unsafe. I feel uncomfortable. The man lives across the street from her, which is creepy. I don't give a damn what y'all say about the doggone. He trying to be close to his kids. Baby, I grew up in Miami Gardens. My daddy lived 30 minutes away in North Miami. And I turned out just fine, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I turned out just fine. Your daddy, my daddy did not find no house across the street to keep my mama from hunching the mechanic, all right? So listen, DL is 100% right. If this was Tyrone and Tanika, we would have been saying throw Tyrone's ass in jail, but the cognitive dissonance, because, oh, he's a genius. Oh, we love J- J- Kanye. Oh, he ain't been the same since his mama died. Oh, did you see the new documentary? All these other excuses we use to deflect from what this man's doing. He is making this lady's life hell. Leave her alone. You're divorced move on, follow the court order of the divorce decree, and y'all just just be. I've had stalking cases with less scary things than this. Be arrested in due time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I have. And with a couple weird voice messages and rolling up at my place, right? Um, if it, Kanye's talent... 
and fan base is stopping y'all from seeing reality. Did you see the easy video? Did you see the animation that he had yeah. in that video where he had That's a scary. claymation version of, of uh, Pete Davidson? He kidnaps him. He has a hood over his head. He buries him up to his neck. He decapitates him. He pours seeds on his scalp and grows roses out of his head and then cuts them and puts them in the truck to bring the Kim. That is the mind of a madman. Mm-hmm. And y'all can take, say, I have a personal thing. I don't have a personal thing with Kanye. I'm just not afraid, like DL, to call it what it is. Yeah. Y'all letting a hot beat in some lyrics. That's right. That are not genius to me. He's artistic and creative. Genius, y'all reaching. Y'all, y'all using that word too much, just like king and queen. Okay. So stop it. Because if this was done to your sister, the house thing, we said it was crazy at first, you know. I know, Al, you said it was for the kids, but now with all the other things in the context, it looks super crazy now. Right. How uncomfortable this girl must be. And y'all are letting your hatred for the Kardashian family because, mm-hmm. you know, there's an argument to be made about the whole culture vulturing thing and, you know, borrowing from our co- hijacking our culture. That that's can be separate. true. That's separate. To d- take your hate away about the Kardashians and think about this was your sister and how this man is behaving. I'm afraid for her. Mm-hmm. And y'all are just, and y'all are enablers, you fans. You are enablers saying it's cute and it's funny. It's not funny anymore. No, it's not funny. Gonna, and what's going to happen is because she's saving that ace card with the dis- mm-hmm. uncomfortable restraining order worried about the kids. Because the moment she pulls that card, the whole black community is going to turn on her. Um, but she wouldn't be in the wrong because this is unsettling. And at this point, she has every right to use those buzzwords. And if, if anyone says it's because she's white and he's black or what adjacent, no, it's because of what he's doing to her. Take the color out of it. It's not cool what he's doing, y'all. Y'all got to stop enabling this man. You're not doing him any favors. We're going to take a quick commercial break and have a Kanye free rest of the show. <laughs> no, we're not. We'll be back. We're going to try at least. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. Uh, shout out to the people in the chat, 2822. Uh, let me read some of these uh, people in the chat's comments about the Kanye and Kim thingy. Uh, Kim Brunson, let me see what she says. Bronson says, Kim is turning back white again. She knew he was crazy from day one. She ain't getting no pass from me because she's tired of Kanye now that he's turned on her. Mm. Um, Started from scratch, says, can we talk about how Kanye's messing up gas prices? Okay, I don't know about that one. Uh, oh, Tiffany GT says, the video was scary. I'd be afraid if I were Pete. You never know what people will do. And Connie Moore says, it's a very strong case for suicide in bipolar disorder. This isn't a guy that's mentally healthy. It's a guy that admits he's mentally ill. So it's, I think the stakes are a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, y'all. Damn, I said it was going to be a Kanye West free. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Thought I had to read the comments. All right, y'all, moving on. Sweetie received the Billboard Woman in Music Game Changer Award, and social media trolls aren't here for it. One person wrote, congratulations to her, but how is she a game changer? Another user wrote, the fact that Nikki was the first person to receive this award, and Sweetie, of all people, is her successor. Not saying she's not successful, but wow. And another user wrote, well-deserved. She's in her own lane. Do y'all think uh, she deserved that award or people just hating on her? Al, what do you think? Uh, Cody, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like my generation, me in the age that I am, I would not call her a game changer. First of all, I need you to have an album out. 
<laughs> as an artist to be a game changer. She doesn't even have an album out right now. Um, however, on the other side, what other American rapper female do we know that graduated from college besides Megan Thee Stallion? But, uh, you know, uh, Sweetie went to USC, which is considered almost like an Ivy League. What other um, American female rapper that we know has done a great job with her endorsements? She has some of the largest endorsements that we've ever seen uh, with YouTube and McDonald's. What other uh, American female black rapper do we know that does product placements all through her videos and has done a great job of building those relationships? I just feel like for her followers in the age group that she speaks to, which is probably that TikTok group, maybe she is a game changer. Maybe she does know how to monetize her business as a rapper and being a very smart female. So maybe that's the way that she's a game changer. But game changers to me are like the little Kims. Like the Nicki Minaj's, that's my that's my age group that I would consider those women game changers and how they change the narrative as rappers and how they change the focus of black women in the rap game. That, to me, is a true game changer. I think we probably need to spend a little bit more time in 2022 redefining what celebrity means. And we also should probably spend a little time in 2022 redefining what a game changer is, because just off GP and off of looking at it, I don't know that I would consider her a game changer. Well, you listed off a whole bunch of things that sound like a little game changer-ish to me. Right. I yeah. The, I mean, the, endorsement, the endorsements are through the roof. She's got 13 million followers. And yeah, the people you named, we're in the same age group, Little Cam. Uh, Nicki Minaj, but Nicki Minaj got the award. So who else do you give it to? I will say this, you know, I like Sweetie and I became a fan of hers, um, but for the stuff she does outside of being a rapper. Um, I I like her, her image. I like that. She didn't go the typical, everything's looking like a stripper. She's beautiful. She has, she's glamorous and her endorsement deals that to me, game changer, as far as being a astute businesswoman and going out getting those big brands like that is her or her team. That's game changerish to me because she's got these mainstream deals that have they're not even really about her rapping anymore. They're about mm-hmm. her as a brand. So in that w- regard, and I think that she gets unfairly hated on a lot because mm-hmm. she's pretty. I think so. Q, what do you think about this? So while I hear all the stuff about the college degrees and the endorsements, this is a, a, an award being issued by Black Enterprise or Business Weekly. It's an award being issued by Billboard Music. So I don't right. think her degree from USC has anything to do with the cost of tea in China, nor do her endorsement deals. We're talking music. When I hear the word game changer, I think about what music looked like, then LaBelle came out. I think about what music looked like, then Little Kim came out, then Gaga mm-hmm. came out, then mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige came out and completely did a, made the industry do a mm-hmm. 90 degree turn. And let's face it, I've said this on this show, I hate the new generation of, of the, the rappers and artists and everything, but I mess with that Saweetie. Something about that Saweetie I like and, and Rich, da, 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 that, that, my type. I don't even know her music because I'm old, but I like that. That's my type. I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like Sweetie. So I don't want people to think I'm hating, but I think that this award was premature. I think what Billboard should have did is what other people do with the Lifetime Achievement Awards. And we ain't got nobody this year. We just ain't issuing one. But when it comes to game changing, and I'm not trying to be a hater, as an artist, she fits right in the box, right along with the rest of them. So what's so game changing about it? So who who would you think would be in that? Like who would be uh, someone that you think should be like looked at for that? position no in this generation like in Nobody. this 
Well, they got to give it to somebody, right? So who who should get it? But they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they don't. The award shows don't give out the Lifetime Achievement Award every year. If it ain't nobody to give it to, it ain't nobody to give it to. Hollywood or Rock and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame don't just go around inducting everybody every year just for the sake of we got to have one. They just should have waited. Until right. she you said, it, you said it's in conjunction with Black, Black Enterprise, that you said? No, 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 no. Oh, he I said, said it's not. I said if we're going to bring up her endorsements and oh, stuff, God. then right. that would be a factor if the award was coming from Black mm-hmm. Enterprise. But this is the Billboard Music Awards. Degrees and in, in business ain't got nothing to do with game-changing music. And there is nothing mm-hmm. why I like her music and I like her, and this is not hateration, but we must admit she's still one of the same with that whole right. class of girls that she's come in with. I got to agree. I like her. I like, I like her. We're not, like we're not saying we don't like her, I don't think. I, I, I like the business part of her. And that's what, to me, I, mm-hmm. I want more people to model their careers after that part. For me, that part is game changery for me. Mm-hmm. She's not in one lane and she's expanded her portfolio. To me, I, I value that. Like, I you really know who could have got game changing that you made me ask her? But this uh, was this uh, hip hop. Or, or was well, it, this was for American yeah. rapper, female rapper. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so yeah, that's what I'm saying is, yeah, they shouldn't have had the category. Right. <laughs> but you know, they if they had Nikki last year, they're gonna want to follow up with them. They're not gonna skip a year, you know. Because because the issue is now, because here's what happens: it further fortifies this bubblegumness of music. Because yeah. now that she's gotten this award, now it's like, okay, let's just get on Instagram and be popular and do the same doggone thing. And, and now I'm going to get all the accolades that there are to get. That, that's the society we're in now, though. You know, and if Okay, let's just let's just start with the basics. Like, at least for like a music billboard award, shouldn't you have an album out? Not anymore. We, right. they don't really, no one does albums like they don't really You're do people like that. problematic. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> it's, it's, right. right. But, but the reality, the reality, the reality is people don't really do that anymore. The, the, the chain, the scenery has changed where there it's about your narrative. It's the social. It's it's different now. It's not it like our generation. Be. It and shouldn't I, be. I, it I think, I think that's probably why we need to redefine it. What's sad about it is I would hope that institutions like the Billboard, the Grammys and the Oscars would be the one people who try to keep the fabric of the music business intact, keep the integrity of the art intact. They should not be uh, uh, falling victim to the Instagram hype and all of that stuff. Right, right, right. I don't even care for but if anybody that I think from this new class of girls is game changing and I can't believe I'm about to say that, it would be that damn Doja Cat. People are saying that. The chat, well, you know, a lot of people Ooh, in the chat you are. Good point. You got a good point. It would be Doja Cat. Yo, a lot, you got of, people, a good point. A lot of people in the chat are agreeing. They're, that's who they're saying. They're saying be, Doja Cat be, or, Meg, or Meg and, the Stallion. And I can tell you one thing Doja Cat sing, but I see her enough to know that it's a All little right. different. I'm like, that girl's different. different. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's the, it's the phrasing game changer that we're okay. supposed to well, let's move on to some uh, music that's more from our generation. Popular <laughs> 80s singer Morris Day is calling out Prince's estate and saying that they won't let him use the name Morris Day and the time. Now, Morris Day shared the following message on social media. I've given 40 years of my life building up a name and legacy that Prince and I came up with. A name that while he was alive, he had no problem with me using. However, now that Prince is no longer with us, suddenly... The people who control his multi-million dollar estate 
want to rewrite history by taking my name away from me, thus impacting how I feed my family. Al, what do you think about this story? Oh, boy. Hold on, Al. All right, Claudia, send us a commercial and let's answer that when we get back. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll be right back. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm laughing at his ass. Okay. <laughs> Q, just get it off the chest. What you tired of, Q? Huh? Oh, being told, being told to shut up. Joke. Being told to shut up. Oh, During Lord. the commercial breaks. Oh, not by me, y'all. Oh, Lord. <laughs> James, uh, we love you. Not James Dubose. We love him, too. But I'm saying our new tech guy. He's a new guys, guy. We're we, giving him a hard time. We got a guy in the background. It's his job to keep us in check. And he and we, when we talk, it's his job to be like, quiet on set. You know, like, be quiet or whatever. And so on commercial break, I was just like, I'm tired of his ass talking to us like this. But it's all love. We're joking. It'd it be giving me, like, police sometimes a little bit, though, right? Like, a little... <laughs> I be feeling like we in trouble, like I'm in detention or something. Oh, All right, y'all. And yes, my new eyes, they working, but sometimes I be missing. So thank you, Q. And mm-hmm. just so y'all know, it's all good with us. Like I, he, He's here. We are each other's safety nets when that happens. All right, y'all. Let's get into the story. Uh, some of y'all might be interested in this at home because the PPP has run out. What happened with Morris Day in the time, girl? <laughs> oh, shoot. I forgot we were talking about that. I, I skipped my brand pills yesterday. Yeah, right. uh, let's go back. So who talked about it? Al, do, you, do we talk? I'm going to talk about, about it. I got you, baby. Here we go. So right, go ahead, Al. Um, Morris Day, I, you know, we all love Morris Day. He's definitely in our generation. But and you guys know I was a private banker. And so I used to work with trust officers with multi. Here, Here we go. Here we go. I get it. So hey, just hey, Q, Q. I used to play bass <laughs> back in the, what you don't know, so, I used to be a drummer. This is a deal. <laughs> this is a deal. So unfortunately, Prince didn't leave a will. So Co-America, his bank is now becoming the trust officers for his estate because it's in probate. And the thing that Morris Day did wrong was he filed for a federal trademark registration using one of Prince's intellectual property. So what is the estate supposed to do? They are supposed to decline it because they haven't reassigned through, it hasn't made it through probate yet to assign who is actually in charge of the estate. Now, the funny thing about this is that Co-America has worked with him and said, listen, buddy, we want to work with you, but you can't file for a federal trademark registration in using Prince's intellectual property. It's not going to work. Now, we'll work with you, though, but he wouldn't wait. I don't know if he just jumped the gun on this one, and I don't know how it's going to shake out for him, but hopefully when the probate is over and the people are assigned to estate, they'll work with more estate because this is how he feeds his family. You, what do you think? You know, Al, I, I, I must say, brother, I love you um, for the research that you're able to give these topics because I was ready to c- come on this thing and go in and let have on Prince people, Prince people. Because y'all was, you know, I'm about to say y'all wrong. If Prince was alive, he would have Morris Day using that. But looking at it, you're absolutely right. Like, I think that they probably would have had no problem with him continuing to use the name informally, as I'm sure he was. He flying under the radar, ain't nobody even bothering you. But when that alert went off because you sent that trademark thing in, 
at this point, these people are doing what they're supposed to do. And quite frankly, if they're doing their job the way they're supposed to do it, because now you've showed your hand and what your intentions are, they're probably going to decline your behind in the future. Because although you are part of Morgan State stuff, that's print stuff from a high level and it's their job to protect all of his stuff. So Morris Day, I think you were a little premature and you might have screwed yourself in the long run in right. doing so. So, so much stuff around the, um, you know, with Prince dying uh, so unexpectedly. Um, I want to shout out Benjamin Jemison. He, he's a director and he's close to the family and uh, he has a relationship where well, he had a relationship with the family and he's actually trying to raise money to produce uh, a documentary on Prince in his life called The Royal Loss. Please check him out on Instagram. I'm not endorsing him like to, you know, this is a commercial for him, but a brother that's trying to get to the truth of some of the stuff, because there's a lot of mystery around this that we don't know. A lot of things that we'd like to know. All right, y'all, moving on. Let me get back to my story I was about to do when I forgot about Morris Day, uh, who I might have to be working at if I keep messing up like that. Target is raising its minimum wage to $24 an hour which is a big jump from its current rate of $15. Now, uh, the new age is part of a company plan to spend an additional $300 million on its labor force this year, which includes health care coverage for its workers. Uh, <laughs> are y'all put in your applications after the script says, um, I know y'all ain't, but what you think about this? Al, what do you think? I think it's amazing. I think that I'm going to shop more at Target now. Now, for $24 an hour plus benefits, now American families can be raised, right? And we know that the demographic of the workers in the target are from the African-American community or minority communities. So this is actually an empowerment step that I have to say I will support. So thumbs up to target for raising minimum wage from federally is $7.25 to possibly up to $24 for those men and women that work in the warehouse. Thumbs up to Target. I'm with you. I will definitely support you more than Walmart now, as long as you don't raise the prices. Shout out to Target for um, doing what the rest of corporate America claims that they will sacrifice and lose too much profit for. However, will we survive on only $50 million a year as our CEO uh, and Target did what's right? And I love Love me some Target. I'm not going to shop more at Target because I can't possibly shop more at Target than I already do. <laughs> you go for one pillow, you leave like $475 worth of stuff. Q, what do you think about this? So I just want to, uh, you know, the devil is in the details. And I just want to make sure that we don't mislead America because the article also spoke that this would only take effect in high cost of living cities. And I think they're going to start with New York. So Susan in Boise, Idaho, I don't want you to think that you're going to march your ass down there in January and get $24 an hour because you're not. There was something that was also very peculiar to me in the statement that said something along the lines of Target wants to continue to be one of the leaders in the industry in the forefront of change. And what better way to do this to get the PR than to just do it in one city? Now, don't get me wrong. We have to start somewhere. And I thank them for starting, but I will be impressed when it's $24 an hour across the entire United States. That's real change and not just we're going to start in New York, where it's probably going to stop for a very long time. Well, you know, I think another thing, though, Q, though, that is not just specific to a uh, high uh, cost area is that they're doing health care. 
Healthcare is important for our community, and we don't usually get it if we don't work a certain amount of hours a week. And what Target has done, which is amazing, is you no longer have to work 30 hours or more to get health care. This is pretty huge. And that's not just in a high income area. That's in all of their stores around the country. So this is still a win win for me because they have even said that $17 will be the low end of uh, minimum wage for those even in the low income areas. Good. And if y'all still struggling with insurance, my boy Janelle and Trey, they got the hookup on Obamacare. You can be paying like $2 a month. I'm just saying. But you know, you know, one thing I want to add before we get out of here and change this story. I have worked in retail and here's what people have told me uh, with COVID and them increasing the hours at the McDonald's or whatever the case may be. We need to get something in writing that we're going to get $24 and get 40 hours a week because there's no good in us getting $24 if we only get 13 hours on the schedule. Because Papa John's was certainly dirty when Obamacare got passed and made his employees go from full-time to 20 hours a week or 25. All right, y'all, taking a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that raggedy, trashy, dumbass governor of Florida. Cues people. We'll be not right back. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. Okay, let's get into it. Florida. Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, scolded USF students for wearing face masks. Take a look at this. Wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. What are your thoughts on how he reacted? Q, what do you think about this? I'm going to you because that's your governor. I know it's not your governor. Since you go to school, I know I'm messing with you, but you, know. you have to deal with that man. And I, all I, the time, right? I'm ready to move. I just ain't found a better place. In LA, y'all too high out there. Completely <laughs> despicable. Completely despicable. You are a governor. You are a leader. Those are children. The fact that you with cameras rolling walked in there and scolded somebody else's children for their choice, whether you feel it's impactful or not, is just completely wrong. And it bothers me so much that the emotional connection that these Trumpsters have developed for this whole mass situation is just sickening to me. But like I said on last week's show, Trump has ushered in a new game-changing way of politics, which is rally up this base by any means necessary. What better way than the nation's cameras rolling than for me to stick it to those maskers for it to get in the media? We see through you and you dead as wrong. And the people ought to come up in Florida and whoop your ass for talking to their kids and embarrassing them. And they should file suits against your ass for humiliating their children on TV. Okay. Al, what do you think? Hey, I agree. You know, the best part was those black kids, one black kid took his off, but the other one looked at their governor like, it said, uh, not me, my, mama said, my mama said, you don't take your mask off. That boy my mama said, said you crazy. I ain't taking my mask off. That was hilarious. <laughs> How ignorant of you, Ron DeSantis. You know, I can't stand you. I got the smoke for you. How ignorant are you to scold people for being overly cautious? Okay. In a state that had very high numbers, as much as you want to hide the evidence and the data and lie and downplay your numbers, you had high numbers, okay? You are scolding people for being overly cautious. And especially members of the African-American community where COVID hit us the hardest. You don't know whose grandmother lives with that kid or whose kid lives with whose grandmother, with elderly person, a health compromised person. 
that lives in their house and you just sat there and you, if the governor tells you to take up your mask and you're at that age, for the most part, you so most, most of the kids did it. I cannot stand him and his, his desire to be as far up Trump's ass as he possibly can, thinking one day the MAGA crowd will vote for him for president is just so disgusting and self-serving. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it, this comes from the man, maybe he don't like masks because remember when he first, uh, the COVID came around, he couldn't even put on a mask properly. Mm-hmm. A complete idiot. I, every time I see this moron, I get so frustrated about Andrew Gillum and how his career went. Cause he, outside of the, I would have loved to have anyone but Ron DeSantis in office. And I, I would have preferred Andrew Gillum. All right, y'all. Uh, you can tell I can't stand him. All right, y'all. Um, we do have one more kind of Kim adjacent story. It's not really a, 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 a it's not Kim and Kanye, but we, we got to talk about Pete Davidson. Um, hold on one second, y'all. Uh, hold on, y'all. Damn it, my script is acting up today. Sorry. He's joining Jeff Bezos. He's joining Jeff Bezos. So all, these rich, all these rich people want to fly into outer space. So Pete Davidson, I know he's, I'm just going to freestyle it. Uh, signing up to go join Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos. So these people with all this money are going up and spending all this dough to go fly and have this, you know, this experience. And look at the trajectory of Pete Davidson's life from where he was a couple of years ago, becoming Kim's man, and now in talks with Jeff Bezos going to see. What do y'all think about these men spending all this money to have this experience? Listen, yeah. I think I think this is a direct jab from Jeff and Kim to Kanye. He is arguably the richest man, not in the United States, but in the world. He and Elon Musk keep, you know, going back and forth. This is the richest and most influential man in the world that Pete Davidson, somebody who I can't even tell you a joke the man has ever told. And he's a comedian. I can't tell you a joke he's ever told. Now, one thing we know is they both had dinner. Kim and and Pete had dinner with Jeff at his house in, in New York City. And now he's going to the moon. I think this is a direct jab not moon, but space, a direct jab from Jeff supporting Kim against Kanye. That makes sense. Key, what do you think? You know, I don't get the Kanye connection. I, 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 got, I got more of, you know, Pete's status has been so elevated since this Kim and Kanye stuff that he's now walking in those circles. I didn't get the jab thing and, and, and maybe I'm missing something here, but I will say this, um, you know, when, when the dust settles, when the dust settles, Pete, you actually kind of need to send Kanye an edible arrangement because I didn't know who you were before before any of this. Then when you got with Kim, I thought you were like a guitar player or a drummist in some garage band. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Forgive me. Clearly. Um, but <laughs> Pete Davidson has literally gone from nobody on my radar to A-lister overnight. I heard talks about him possibly even hosting the Oscars, too. Like, it has Uh been quite a journey for this man. All right, y'all. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva, for joining me tonight. Thank you so much. In the YouTube chat, again, another show, over 3,000. Stay tuned for Fox Soul's Black Report. That is coming up next. I'm going to get some sleep. I'm going on 48 hours. So my bad for my mistakes tonight, y'all. I didn't take my brain pills with me to Vegas. Y'all have a good one. I'll see y'all on Wednesday. we got a lot of people to talk about on Wednesday. All right, Mm y'all? Have a good weekend. Have a good Child. night, soulmate. She got she got a gentleman caller coming over. She's trying to rush us off the line. Bagger. Stop <laughs> lying to my coochie. Bagger. <laughs> and she out of town.